Hi, and welcome to the Brilliant Perspectives Podcast with Graham Cook. I'm your host, Michael Becchio. This podcast episode features the beginning of one of Graham's messages from brilliantbookhouse.com titled, Taking God for Granted. I've included the first three tracks from it. In the intro, Graham poses this statement. We are citizens of heaven living here on earth, which means that our life in Christ is lived above our circumstances. All right, let's get to it. Enjoy. You know that um, vision is not about the direction in which we're going. It's about the height at which we're traveling. Everything about being in Christ is about elevation. We are described as being citizens of heaven here on earth. That means we live from a place above our circumstances. Yeah? We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians 1. Far above all. Everything in Christ is about elevation. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 tells us to seek the things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Everything about us, God has given us, when he put us into Christ, he gave us elevated status. That means we live above, we think from a place above, We view things from a place above. Everything uh, connected with life in the spirit is about height. Our vision, therefore, is not just about, well, what direction are you going in now? It's about what height does God want you to travel at in this next time frame? Paul talked about reaching forward for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus talked about on earth as it is in heaven. He gave us permission that whatever was being bound in heaven could now be bound on earth. Whatever was loosed in heaven could now be loosed on earth. And so that presupposes that our fix and our focus has to be heaven itself, not the surroundings in which we find ourselves. The enemy loves to convince you about the level that you're on. So he comes in, the Bible even says, when the enemy comes at you like a flood, God lifts you up. He lifts you up into a higher dimension of life. All vision is primarily concerned with height and direction. But if you've got direction only, you're going to miss a killing, a, 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 a really important part of what God wants you to understand about yourself and about yourself in Him. You know, any apostolic ministry is always concerned with the paradox of height and direction. For me, when I'm going into a church for the first time, I'm, I'm going in, I have questions. I want to know what level are they at in the spirit. You can tell an awful lot. The first two things I normally look at in a church is I look at the leadership and I look at the worship. 
And my question about the leadership is, how many of these people have another fight left in them? Because you know everything is about territory, right? Which is direction, yeah? So we are taking territory. As an individual, you have territory in front of you that God wants you to take. Some of that territory can only be taken from a higher place. So God not only wants to give you ground, he wants to give you an elevated sense of what that ground looks like before you get there. So I look at the leadership. How many of these guys, maybe their their current level of anointing has been just to get us to this place. There's no shame, therefore, then, if they don't have another fight left in them. Some people expend themselves to get us to a certain place, and then we need somebody else to come in to take us to the next level. So um, Moses had to give way to Joshua. Moses expended his energy to get the people out of Egypt and through the wilderness, but Joshua was to take them in to take new territory. How many of our leadership have another fight left in them? How many of them have all their best fights ahead of them? Yeah? And often the key to that is just the height at which they've been living. Sometimes if you live too long at a certain height, you can get tired. You can get weary. You can be challenged so much that you end up wanting a quiet life. I'm approaching my 40th decade. (laughs) My fourth decade. Because that would make me really old. And that would mean that I would look really good right now. Neither of which of those two things is true. My fourth decade, 40th year. I want the fight now more than I've ever wanted it. I feel like I'm in a position where, oh my goodness, I've not even begun to fight yet. Yeah? Sometimes what defines us on the level that we're on is our inability to worship or to live in a place of rest or even just to understand the huge importance of joy as a lifestyle. You know, all all true apostles, they make everything simple, eh? You know, when we're all kind of like thinking, well, this thing of joy, how does it work? When does it work? How does it work in difficult situations? How does it work in that circumstance? How does it work in that place? And so on. James just said, look, guys, count everything as joy. everything. That means that we have this constant exposure to joy and laughter and smiling and grinning as a way of life. You will be surprised at how much joy energizes your life. You will be surprised at how much joy changes your whole personality to fit into the persona that God has actually decreed is yours in the spirit. So I'm looking at the leadership. How many of these guys have another fight left in them? And I'm looking at the worship. 
what's going on in the worship. Some of the questions I have are, how much time do the worship team spend um, getting people into a place of worship? Does the worship band spend more time trying to create momentum than they do actually worshiping God? Is there a Levitical spirit upon these guys? You know, Levites don't care about the crowd. They only care about one person. And to be honest, they don't care whether you worship or not. They're going to. Here's the thing about a Levite. A Levite understands atmosphere and environment. So they know that sometimes worship is just about the power of the one with the one. Yeah? And when you focus on who Jesus is, then there, what happens is there is an intimacy that pulses out from a Levitical ministry that touches every single square foot in that auditorium. And so it becomes about atmosphere. It's not about generating people like, are you ready to worship? That's not a Levite worshiping. That's a Pentecostal. It's not about generating, getting the people up and getting them up for it. Because you're supposed to be up for it as soon as you walk in the room, right? A a Levite is fixed on God. Because this is what a Levite is doing. When they create an atmosphere and an environment, is they are pursuing the presence of God. They are not doing anything different on a platform than they're doing different seven days a week in their own relationship with God. We, we don't hire worship leaders. We hire worshipers. And their job is not to lead people in worship. Their job is just to pursue the presence of God. Because there is an anointing. You know when you're in the presence of someone who's got an authentic anointing within the realm of their own passion. It fills, it expands the room. It fills the room and it causes that room to pulsate. Yeah, a real worshiper is what God is after. We, we are employing Levites because we are pursuing the presence of God. And listen, our goal is not the pursuit of the presence of God. That's our starting place. Our goal is to host the presence of God. Our whole anointing for every single one of us, it is about one thing. It is about how you as an individual and how you as a church company, how you interact with heaven when you are together. Your whole life with God is about the way that you interact with heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. You are a citizen of heaven living here on earth, which means you belong to a completely different realm than the people around you. And that means you can get resourced from a realm that does not include problems. The world we live in is inherently negative. Its focus is on negativity. And the world that we live in tells us what we are not constantly. 
But the realm that you inhabit in the spirit is never about problems. It's only ever about promises. Because promises are the language of heaven. So when God gives you a prophetic word, he's giving you a promise. And promise is your currency. We run our life by prophecy. An apostle is concerned with the next level. What's the next level for us? A prophet is concerned to give you the keys to get there. So there's a difference between a building prophet and a blessing prophet. A blessing prophet will come in and prophesy over loads of people. You don't get the same output prophetically from a building prophet than you do from a blessing prophet because they have a different challenge. A blessing prophet is to touch people. It's to lay hands on people. It's to impart something to people. A building prophet is about elevation. It's about the next level. It's about you understanding strategically where you are right now and what God is doing with you next. So we're concerned about height. We're concerned about the next level. Whether I'm overseeing a church or whether I'm discipling an individual, it's the same issues. It's about elevation. What is the level that God wants? How do I get you there? How do I help you to stay there? How do I help you to maximize your time on that level so that you fill out, that you take on some substance so that you grow up into all things in Christ that are on that level for you? You know, there are unclaimed upgrades all over this room. Many of them are here because we've not figured out what our next level is. Some of us didn't even understand there were levels. Spend any time on a plane, you're going to be bored. Look in the seat back pocket, pick up their in-flight magazine and look at their fleet of planes. Every airline likes to boast we have the latest planes and so on. And what you'll discover there is in that fleet of planes, they're made to fly at different levels. Right? They're made to fly at different cabin pressure. They're made to fly with a different payload. What's true in the natural is true in the spirit. There are churches, if you look in the New Testament, you find there were churches that had different payloads. They had different pressures around them. Like the church in Revelation that was located where Satan's throne is. Which is probably just a really sleazy part of town. But even so. Here's the thing about you and about your church. We need to understand uh, that your anointing may well depend upon the level of pressure that you can handle. That's why living in rest and peace is so important. If you don't master intimacy, you won't last long on that level. You'll get found out. It's a paradox in the spirit is that you need some depth in order to develop some height. Yeah? We're all learning lessons 
about how to live in a deep place with Jesus. As we close out today, I want to highlight a couple things that Graham said. One of them is this. Our whole anointing for every single one of us is about one thing. How we as individuals and as a body interact with heaven when we're together. Beloved, let's always remember that coming together and being the family of God is first and foremost about encountering Jesus as one. And then letting him have his way and display his realm and kingdom amongst us. This is how we give space and honor to the Holy Spirit to release the most dramatic catalysts of transformation, healing, change, renewal, salvation, and newness of life. May we never forget that he is king and Lord in our midst whenever we gather, and yielding to his desire for us is always the right move. Also, Graham declared, the world that we live in tells us what we're not constantly, but the realm that we inhabit in the spirit and are true citizens of is never about problems. It's only about promises. So consider an issue in your life that's weighing on you and imagine how the promise of God from the heavenly reality that you belong to cancels out everything negative about that situation and what God gives to you in his promises instead. This is where curiosity is definitely your friend. Instead of being beleaguered and downtrodden by negatives or feeling deflated or exhausted by them, they really should be an impetus for turning to Jesus with praise, giving him thanks for who he is so that our hearts align properly and we can settle in his peace. Then, from that place, we get to use curiosity to investigate what Papa's up to. With enthusiasm and hope arising in us, regardless of what we face or suffer, we can say that we know whom we have believed and have become convinced that he is able in whatever we need of him, as Paul so powerfully declared in 2 Timothy 1.12. Beloved, it may be time in your life to get a fresh lens from God concerning a persistent issue or a challenge that you're facing. Gladly remember how much he loves to be in your life and how he adores to work all things together for good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. As the word of God promises us in Romans 8, 28, this is not a pipe dream or a long shot maybe. This is who he is in our lives and the kind of redemption that Jesus fought and died for. You are deeply treasured, immensely valued, and special to God. If your heart needs any evidence of that, here it is. You were bought with a price, the precious blood of Christ. That means that the value placed on you far exceeds the worth of anything in all of creation. As God spoke to Jeremiah in chapter 31, you are loved with an everlasting love, and he has drawn you with loving kindness. So take the offer from him of wild, immense love, and enjoy every minute of it. Let it saturate your entire being. Jesus said he's always with you, even to the very end of the age. And beloved, that's because he wants to be. Take him for granted in that in the most wonderful way. And last of all, before we finish, Graham closed out with this. If you don't master intimacy, you won't last long on any level. At the beginning and end of every day of our lives is one overarching underpinning and all-encompassing thing. It's knowing and loving the Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit and walking with them as one walks with a friend. Don't allow yourself to treat this as just a metaphorical or spiritual principle. 
This is a living and breathing reality. The two of you knowing and loving each other and truly doing life together in a tangible way in perfect love. This is the master key and the crux of our whole existence, beloved, now and through eternity. Blessings, joy, and favor to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus in all your ways, for all your days, in Jesus' name. I hope you are immensely blessed and have a great week.